ReaderDAO is building the Metaverse Factory, providing digital assets to games and guilds in the Web3 space. Renz Chong is CEO and co-founder at ReaderDAO. So hello, Renz. Welcome to Startup Podcast. We're very happy to have you. Hi, Johnny, and hi to everyone else. Uh, happy to be here as well. Yes, and I'm very happy to have ReaderDAO. Ano. So it's a Web3 startup founded by a Filipino founder. But let me ask you the first question, Renz. So ano nga ba ang ReaderDAO? So actually, Breeder Dao is what we would call like the factory of the metaverse, no? So for most of you na familiar dun sa Axie Infinity, right? Um, which a lot of people were during the 2021, 2022, no? During the pandemic. We mostly create yung assets or yung Axie characters, right? That's ultimately how we started. So basically, if nakapaglaro ka nun, meron kang na-earn dun sa character mo, di ba? Pag nilaro mo siya, na tinatawag na SLP, yung SLP naman, yun yung ginagamit para makapag-create ng new assets, which would be yung axis, no? So it starts off as an egg and then eventually goes into a full-grown like axie pet na you can actually use to play in-game. So that's how we originated, no? And we were kind of focused on like games because primarily marami naman sa atin may hiligtang maglaro. And then I think in terms of mass adoption, we really see it sa gaming side. Here nga, parang most of the people who actually got into blockchain or cryptocurrency started with games. Pero, I mean, we're actually expanding the idea of like what it means to be an asset factory, right? We started off with playable characters or yung mga pets na nalalaro mo in-game, right? But eventually, we'll touch on like mga fashion. We'll also do even assets that are static in the background of these games or anything actually that you can picture that is in the digital world that place with you know assets basically eh, we all know naman assets would be the building blocks of any metaverse and ultimately kami yung parang pabrika no, or manufacturer na nag-allow for the creation of these assets what's different i guess from more traditional ones is that first and foremost majority of the products are digital and then secondly no we also share the machinery the products that we have to the users such that they're able to recreate their own assets or create their own assets by themselves though. If gusto nila gayin yung mukha nila diyan, 'di ba? Pwede nila gamitin through our products. Yeah, this is actually what I want to ask, no? Kasi like for example in some games, like for example the Steam, you would actually buy some skins, ano? But this is to my knowledge this is not web 3. I think it's like the normal digital item, no? So, can you just share no, ano muna yung dynamics ng web 3? What really makes web 3 different? I mean, Some say, and correct me if I'm wrong, that like when you have a Web3 asset, it's like a real-life asset because it's like validated. It's like a true mm-hmm. item. No? So can you explain this muna, no? yung parang dynamics behind Web3 games for us all to understand them? Sige, I think not just limiting it to games, no, but Web3 in general, I think a lot of people are kind of familiar naman that blockchain ultimately is a ledger. No? Ledger, store of records, diba? So... The reason why may sinasabi ka kanina na verifiable yung asset is because it's actually stored somewhere and merong proof that it actually belongs to someone or it actually is someone's property, right? So that kind of like idea or property is then transferred to, you know, blockchain gaming, right? In terms of like normal assets, I think there are four key things which we call like the four-factor model no? and four-factor value drivers of assets. So this would be the customizability, utility, modularity, and composability. I'll touch on each one of those para at least um, tayo, no? So first is customizability. A lot of games and a lot of like digital assets right now are really property of developers, right? If you have a skin in a particular game, hindi mo na ma-alter yung skin na yun, it's basically that, right? 
What's very interesting about the idea of Web3 and its uh, idea of ownership is that you can have you in that particular skin, right? If I want to recreate this asset, kasi nga ako ay may ari, diba? Dapat pwede, diba? And the metadata of that particular asset can reflect that. Of course, caveats, right? And, and some hindrances right now would be the, how far the technology is. Pero eventually, that is the goal, right? Because I own this, just like, for example, if you own like any physical product, like that jacket, for example, diba? Pwede ka maglagay ng patch mo dyan, diba? And then that becomes, you know, your identity, your brand, diba? And that's what ultimately different about like customizability in the context for a blockchain-powered asset. Second is utility. Because we have means to verify, because we have means to actually know kung ano to, diba? Then there are like major creative ways in which we can implement this. For example, in the case of loyalty. I don't have to have my physical card. I don't have to give you my driver's license to prove that that's me. If it's stored on blockchain, then I can easily verify that it's yours. It's tagged to your wallet. And because if you have like the keys of that one, then it's proven to be yours, right? So utility in the sense that may kwenta siya or may something that beyond it that can actually create value for it. One of the idea of utility would be the law of supply and demand or scarcity. If meron akong asset and unique siya and parang, you know, meron siyang properties that other assets do not have, then that creates like an added value to it. If merong specific trait yung asset ko, say, meron siyang pirate hat, right? And someone creates like a pirate organization. Then, immediately that adds utility kasi meron exclusive group for pirate hats for that specific entity. Parang gan. So, that's utility. The third one is modularity. Modularity in the sense na parang if you break down the components of it, it still acts as like an individual component. So, What's nice about blockchain is that it's not just a singular NFT na kapag nawala yung buo, tapo na lahat. There are individual components to it that allows it to be useful just by that. And this actually becomes, I don't know if you've heard about the concept of interoperability, no? pero interoperability naman is being able to connect to the different spaces, digital platforms out there. Now, we don't expect everyone to have the same standard. Hindi naman porket ginamit ko yung magandang klaseng art. Lahat gagamit ng magandang klaseng art, di ba? Kaya nga meron pa rin, for example, yung katulad ng mga Roblox where they use voxelized art, right? Because it appeals to a specific market. Now, what modularity does is that it allows for these smaller components to act as like a connectors. So immediately, ikaw, or yung asset mo at yung asset ko, even though entirely magkaiba siya, like siguro yung sayo puro, you know, boxes and voxels, right? Or, or sa akin, parang yung low-poly na parang 3D, triple-A design na art, diba? Parang, if there is a component there that allows it to communicate with each other, then, technically, pwede silang mag-usap and pwede kong dalhin, ideally, yung asset ko dun sa world mo despite it not being created or not having the same standards. Um, the connection allows for, I guess, a path for them to be linked together. In the same manner as like, siguro, mga Bluetooth, no? Parang, sometimes devices aren't really made of the same thing. Like, for example, bakit kapag meron akong Jabra earphones, right? And then gusto ko siya connect sa Mac ko possible because of Bluetooth, right? Uh, and yeah. so, we're building actually the components of that one, similar to the Bluetooth of technology and all of that, no? Made possible via the blockchain technology. And then I guess the last part would be composability or the ability of these assets to be built on top of or to actually expand their use cases. No? So, siguro in terms of gaming, 
interesting to kasi we all know that there are different IPs, right? And in favorite example ko would be in World of Warcraft and Dota 2. Um, Dota 2 is actually a mod of World of Warcraft, diba? It wasn't like part of the original plan or roadmap of the original developers um, when it was first created. And so right now, I mean, Dota 2 is one of the most popular games, right? And who would have thought na hindi talaga siya part ng original plan and it was, you know, created yeah. by some just wanted like the IP. I, I, <laughs> so parang, diba? That's ultimately the idea of like composability. People being able to build on top of things despite not it being the original creator. And ang sinasabi ko nga here is because of that phenomenon, then we are allowed or we are enabled to produce more content than ever because we're not recreating the flywheels. If meron akong gustong idea and instead of recreating it, pwede ko na lang siya i-build on, then I save so much time and effort and creativity happens and development happens. Yeah. In the same way as like information before, because of the lack of information before, then things were done much slower, right? But because of the access to information right now where there's a lot more, then in our case, parang mas nagiging mabilis yung development process. And in the same manner here, na parang because people are already building an open source that is centralized, people can access to it. Then people can slowly build on top of it. And then real innovation comes, or at least more innovation comes, right? Yeah. So parang, I guess going back to your question, no? sorry, ang haba ng medyo intro. Yeah, it's a very good explanation. It's a very, it's very... <laughs> parang going back no, to gaming in general, I think when it comes to like gaming, no, ownership is one of the biggest factor. Someone asked me yesterday what the difference is between a Web 2 and a Web 3 from a user and from a user and developer standpoint, right? From the user side, all of those four properties of assets are applicable. Being able to own the asset, being able to customize the asset, being able to expand the utility of my asset for it to increase in value or not even value or kahit lang perceived value, right? Na parang because I'm able to use this in different places, then parang masaging isulit siya, di ba? In my opinion. And then on the developer's point of view, no? Parang because I am now able to engage my community or because people, for example, want to own my asset and they know that there's verifiable proof that they actually own it, then the willingness to spend is actually also there, diba? Parang, imagine mo na lang, kung bibili mo tong object na to, diba? Tapos alam mo na dito lang siya sa game na to magagamit. Versus, alam mo tong object na to magagamit pa siya sa iba, diba? Parang, in a sense, mas gusto mo bilhin yung isa, diba? Just because of that idea na pwede ko siya magamit sa iba. And tayo naman, diba? Mahilig tayo sa mga word na sulit, ganyan, diba? Bang for box. So, in general, I think that appeals to us as well. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, no? so to speak. Blockchain is a very nascent industry. And I don't think we fully explored the capabilities of it. But what's interesting is that even at its early stages, parang obvious to us kung ano yung naging value niya. Some people say na hindi pa ganun ka, you know, big need yung ownership thing. Pero in my opinion kasi, it's because they haven't really seen the potential of what it means to own a digital asset we've kind of really devalued digital properties versus like physical properties just because hindi natin alam kung ano talaga yung capabilities of a digital asset. But as we move into a world where it's more virtual, it's more digital, diba? Eventually, like the digital assets that we own would take over the physical assets in terms of value, diba? Yeah, yeah. So, ayun. Yeah, it's really like making Web3 real. Ano? I mean, it's the birth of the metaverse. Nga, ano? Kasi, I mean, like in previous virtual realities, it's like not Web3. Kumbaga, yung bagay na andun ay not really like your ownership. Pero like, 
what you're doing. Like anyone can build on, anyone can change, anyone can. So like basically, those digital assets are like real assets, na but in the metaverse. And I remember lang ano. Uh, I'm not sure if this is true. Ano a rumor lang by Ethereum founder Vitalik Buterin. Kaya daw nasa tinart si Ethereum. I'm not sure if this is correct because when he was playing World of Warcraft, um, parang masadong centralized yung game. It's a very fun MMO game, ano. Pero there's lack of decentralization. There's lack of parang ownership and governance by the people, and then that's how it became. I'm not sure if that's correct. Pero parang yun yung science nito, ano. Na parang the things that we enjoy, the things in the digital world that we enjoy, we can actually somehow gain ownership on that somehow. And I'm just curious, lang ano. You said that you found this problem, you built this from Axie Infinity. So were you a player before? And then how exactly, kumbaga? I mean, from Axie, parang how did you find out about this very big, kasi this is a very big product, this is a very big like future now of what you're building. So parang, how did it start lang, ano? <laughs> yeah, sige. Actually, comment lang ako dun sa Vitalik, no? I heard about that as well, pero I don't really know if that was the main motivator. Yeah, yeah. But that's interesting. That's the basic idea of like the centralization, di ba? Parang, yeah. because na-realize niya that players ultimately do not have control. And that, at the end of the day, kung ano gusto ng developers, yun yung masusunod, di ba? Pero para, the success of the developers are only possible because of the users, then maybe yeah. it's time for the users to also benefit from that idea, right? Agree. And then parang, you know, being able to vote on like things, whether or not the developers should push for this or not, and then it becomes like, you know, there's more involvement, at least in the community end. And we all know, like, some community can actually deliver more value than the actual thing, di ba? So, ayun. But to answer your question, no, yes, I was a player of Axie Infinity before. In fact, maybe that's how I really started my Web3 journey, no? I mean, I've been trading since 2017. Pero nung 2021, nun ko lang na-realize because, I mean, I've been playing since I was a kid. And so, when I saw the intersection of yung gaming and then yung blockchain, di ba? Parang that, when it made sense to me. Kasi ako yung type ng gamer na I would purchase a lot of assets in-game, di ba? Tapos parang, eh, syempre, I mean, mabobored din ako, di ba? I'm just like everyone else. So, it becomes, or it became to a point na parang, okay, I've been spending so much, but there's no real value that I can get out of it. I mean, sure, I'm having fun, maybe, right? And yeah, I mean, I wanted it in the first place. That's why I bought it, di ba? Pero it's nice to actually maybe retain some of that value, di ba? Eventually, when I don't want to play it anymore and all of that. So, I played Axie Infinity. Me and my friends started competing, no? Now, what's interesting is that Axie Infinity kasi has a mechanic wherein you can, or you're able to obtain like certain characteristics depending on kung sino yung parents na match mo, right? So, instinctively, nag-kick in sa akin yung experience ko as like a consultant and all of that na parang, you know what? I'll just optimize for the best traits, di ba? Parang hanapin ko dito kung paano ko magagawa yung pinakamalakas na asset. And then we started like, you know, breeding, crafting, producing these assets. And then back then, hindi pa naman sobrang daming tao may alam. So we were doing that. And after some time, na-realize namin, you know what? I think this is a fairly scalable thing. Within Axie pa lang yun. Na parang ang daming tao may gusto ng characters na to, di ba? And because we're able to isolate specific traits, no? Or parts. Then ideally, we're able to provide them with whatever asset they want, di ba? As long as they pay us, right? So, yun. So, parang, we started offering it to friends as a service or even the characters themselves na parang, oh, ito yung mga characters na top characters that we created, no? Do you want to buy it? So, yun. So, parang, ganun siya nangyari. Na parang, okay, people started buying into it, di ba? And then friends referred us to friends and then yun. But sa, parang, I think, ang daming cycles before we eventually realized that, you know what? 
Axie Infinity is just one game. And games are just like a part of this entire idea of a metaverse, right? Or the virtual world. And so, ayun, parang slowly taking that in, we expanded from playable characters to skins within games, diba? Eventually, we realized that it's not just within games that we can produce assets for. We can actually produce it for our broader like industry, our broader industries like fashion and all of that. So, ayun, like that's how we actually evolve into you know breeder DAO as it is right now. Pero really just started with playing Axie Infinity. Yeah, that's very great to hear um, that story about the metaverse factory. You know, and now, parang this quote unquote factory can be used can be done can be performed in like different games in different programs in the web free space so kumbaga, can you just tell us ano, how exactly can someone can a developer or can a user can a player use yung parang product mismong si breeder daw how really does it work how really does it happen um can you tell us about that sure sige. actually we have two products that are out right now no the first one is really more of like a, a service model where lalapit ka sa amin tapos sabi mo sa amin kung ano gusto mo yung asset na yun, produce namin. Oh. Yung second product namin, which is called Playcore, no, is an analytics tool more than anything. Even though open source yung data and on-chain lahat, di ba? Na sinasabi natin na parang very transparent, right? Hindi kasi lahat kaya intindihin yun eh. In the same manner as like, even though lahat ng information naman nasa Google, hindi naman porket tinipe ko yun, maintindihan ko, di ba? So parang, we actually do some sort of data manipulation and present it in manners that people can actually understand it. So, yun yung pinaka-purpose niya. In a way, when we think about it, it's what should aid people to better their experience in terms of anong asset yung kailangan nila i-create, di ba? Ano yung pwede nilang i-create, right? So, yun. Um, the third product is more in line with your question, which is called AI skins, no? It's using both AI and blockchain technology to create, like, limited pool of assets that are verifiable at the same time, no? Creative. So, ang maganda dito is that because we've already added the AI touch, no? Parang even though wala kang alam sa design-design. But if you are able to picture something or if you want to have like something as a reference no, to create this asset, then you should be able to do so. We actually made the process even simpler because there are already 3D templates that are stored as a platform itself. no, Like a hoodie, like a, a kimono, like a shoes, slippers, ganun. And you are able to use these already existing templates to create your assets. Now, what's an added value pa, uh, or as a bonus that we actually place there is that you can put in your own logo pa. So if you want to create like your own merch line, if you want to create, just you know, just put your name on it diba? para may personalized touch, you can also do that. Um, and eventually, you know, we plan for this platform to become both a creation and distribution platform. And as you said, no, right now, it can only do a .glb format, which can be used uh, the central land, for example and maybe other 3D uh, tools, no? Uh, but eventually, we will expand to the different file formats that would enable you to move from one particular platform to another, having the same more or less image, but different, right? So, yun, um, the goal is to become like that touch point where if you go through the platform, you can eventually distribute your asset across these different channels and touching on these different spaces, diba? Parang, if you're a brand, if you're a local brand here and may access ka to SM, Ayala, Mega World, diba? It becomes so much easier for you to sell whatever it is that you're trying to sell, right? I mean, mataas yung cost, but at the same time, because they guarantee distribution and they guarantee users, then parang pupunta ka sa nila. 
Uh, and eventually, that's what we aim to be. Eh. Parang, we want to be able to provide or to distribute these assets for the people so that they don't have to create these individual links themselves, diba? And that's the beauty of like openness. That's the beauty of like a decentralized network environment where power isn't controlled by you know these centralized entities, but instead by the community. Yeah, it's, it's really like a real life, no? Like a real capitalist society where everyone has the freedom to build their own fashion line, to build their own assets, to build their own products. But going back again to that first question, I mean, because in the web three space, like right now, you have builders in web three space, so may different blockchains, may different virtual lands, uh, if I'm correct, and then may mga different programs pa. It's a very large, bagad, ang daming projects, and then may pagkahinarikal kung bagay yung arrangement ng iba. So who really like approaches you to ask for the assets to be built? Like is it the user really, or maybe some developers of these programs of these virtual lands? or some people na gustong magkaroon ng NFT line or something. So, can you just know about that? I would say like any, actually. In fact, when we started, we were talking to individuals. We were talking to guilds. I don't know if you're familiar with mm-hmm. guilds, but it's an organization of people, no? Na parang, familiar ka ba sa scholarship model before? Axis, a little bit. <laughs> parang pwede ka <laughs> makilang. Like scholarship model was pioneered by guilds where, you know, people who had the capital are actually consolidating it and then buying these assets and then loaning these assets to people or we call them scholars who would actually play and then they do revenue sharing. No? So we have guilds also approach us um, and then we also had like partner games approach us to create assets for their games para to help with the distribution because we guild network. Kami, diba? So parang in that sense, I'd say we're catering to everyone And we're building like specific tools. Pero for AI skins, for example, kasi ano pa siya, right now it's a B2C platform where users can just go to the site. Um, it's AIskins.io and then they can start creating their assets. We've partnered with a few partners as an engagement model for their users. No? But ayun nga, parang it's really geared towards individuals wanting to create their assets more than projects or businesses right now. Yeah. But eventually, if like, an SDK nga or uh, an API plugin no? para maka-connect siya. And then magamit nila yung solution namin sa individual communities nila or sa individual projects nila. Then that becomes like a B2B model which is something that we're also looking at. Pero, ayun, hindi pa sa ngayon. Yeah, I'll take a look at that no? AI skins after this interview. <laughs> yes, I can also send the link. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'll put that link below so sa mga nakikinig pwede nyo i-check out din. And now let's go naman ano sa parang startup aspect ito. So we're at Startup Podcast PH and Breeder Dow is actually like a web3 startup founded by a Filipino founder. So on the startup, uh, first no, I mean after you found out this problem sa Axe Infinity, you're a player, hindi naman ganun madali to become a startup founder, di ba? Like building an organization, getting investments, and, and building the product, and pivoting the product, all of this. So can you share lang ano, maybe medyo pwede natin paiklian yung story, ano, medyo summary of it, pero parang story lang of how it all went up to now. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Johnny, I'd say I'm probably one of the luckiest guys during that time. No? It's, a, it's a function of a lot of different things. Pero it's timing and the network of people that you have uh, more than anything. So, personally, I haven't really had a chance before to do my own startup. Sorry, I actually did. Pero nothing that ever reached this scale. So parang, I was lucky to be mentored by a guy, no? um, who's apparently very well connected. And so this guy was the one who actually pushed me to sell the idea of what it is that we're trying to do. 
And parang from there kasi parang because I was mentored by that guy, that guy helped me build my connection. That connection eventually led me to, you know, being funded and eventually having this network no, that I can call my support in terms of whatever it is that I'm planning. So I think in terms of like racing, and we all know naman na parang, you know, medyo yun yung one of the hardest part when it comes to like doing a startup, diba? It was more like proper timing, proper narrative, as well as like getting the proper individuals to, I guess, have like a buy-in in a way. It's a project one. I think one of the hardest things outside of yung funding would be yung building your organization, no? We were a startup born out of the pandemic. No one can actually, you know, see each other, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, even though like Zoom, these sessions are effective, right? Nothing beats like face-to-face, especially when brainstorming, discussing, and building that culture, no? Na makes your company really stick. So again, I was lucky because my co-founders were also friends from before. We went to pretty much the same school, not the same batch, but same school. So we kind of knew each other. And then I'm just really happy that people around us started believing in us. Kasi yun yung crucial eh. Parang if people around you aren't convinced that you're doing something great, diba? parang they won't join you. No one will join you, right? And people may say na parang, you know, sometimes the people who help you are the ones like furthest from you. Yung mga hindi mo kilala. I still think na parang, you know, the people close to you, yung mga tao sa paligid mo and yung mga kaibigan mo, diba? If they believe in it, it's a huge boost in confidence, right? And kami were very lucky that, you know, these guys were the ones who trusted us. If you look at our team, no? Most of which are actually our same age. And in a way, medyo sila talaga yung makakilala namin from before. Kasi parang, we know their strengths, we know how they work, and we know na parang they would be a fit. And we're just really lucky that they trusted us. And Ayan, naging good in terms of like organization. But maybe just to add to that, no, I think what most blockchain companies are having difficulties right now would be, aside from fundraising, would be finding a, a solution. No? Especially in an industry where the users aren't really there yet and you're supposed to be building them. Parang, that's a real challenge. No? Yeah. I know a lot of companies still asking for what really is a product market fit. Diba? Parang, Where is the market even? Not a market. Right? <laughs> oh, parang, how do you create like a product for a market that doesn't really exist? Diba? So, ayun. so, but I think overall, like building out the infrastructure for the future generation, because in a way, you still know, diba? parang, you still know like what the use cases are. You yourself, for example, are an expert as a user. Because eventually, if you're not going to solve like any problem or if you're not going to improve like any technology, right? Parang, What are you doing here? Yeah. So parang, for me, yeah, like trying to create the infrastructure that would eventually allow for more people to be onboarded to this kind of technology. You know? In the same way as us, like when we were born into this world, we were already born into an age of internet, right? Parang, ganun din, na parang the future generations wouldn't really talk about like technology. It's just already a given. And then parang mas mabilisyan for them, diba? So, ayun. Yeah, and that's actually a big difference. Ano, yun nga, ano, may mga startups na can find a product market fit kasi may market na. Pero may mga startups nga, that's true. It's very true, actually, na kumaga gumagawa pa lang or pausbong pa lang yung market and no one can see it yet. So, somehow, may difference sa perception and may difference din sa parang how you 
tell the story of the startup para maka-attract ng investors and ng users. So, uh, yeah, that's a very true dynamic. I have to ask lang. So, right now, is the team like all around the world or Filipino since you're a Filipino? <laughs> I'd say like 90% Filipinos pa rin. Oh. oh. And then 10% around the world. So, ayun. I think, iba pa rin eh. Parang for me, it's hard to build a culture if you have different ones and then given a remote setup na nga tapos parang hindi pa kayo nagkakaintindihan parang, di ba, in a way, medyo mahirap. And I think, For me, no. It's nice to build like a global team, for sure. Pero, but pa ako lalayo eh, andami rin namang talent dito sa Pilipinas, di ba? Parang, even though like we're actually a third world country, no? The talent that we have can compare to the first world. And so, I think that's one of the things that Web3 also enables us, right? Na parang, to be able to showcase our talent to the world outside of you know the normal ones because we're entering global markets eh. i think that's also the reason why a lot of people are looking into the philippines right now because previously even though ang gagaling ninyo or ang gagaling natin and then nanay nating ideas diba more often than not magsisimula naman tayo sa philippines lang eh. eh ano ba naman yung market ng philippines compared for example sa us diba now blockchain removes the barriers between like countries And if you start a blockchain company, you technically start a global company where your market becomes the entire world. Yeah. Because the market is the entire world, then parang, it doesn't matter kung saan ka man, diba? Because of the fact that you're already able to cater to a global audience, then you're able to tap into that potential. And I wouldn't discriminate kung saan ka man galing. I'll invest in you if there's a potential and I see it, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a very wonderful answer. <laughs> um, so just to wrap things up, lang, thank you, Lance, again for this conversation. Uh, maybe just one quick advice, lang, because you're a relatively young startup founder. Ano? Maybe just one quick advice for other young founders out there or maybe young professionals who want to become a startup founder, maybe in the web space. So one quick advice lang for them. Actually, dalawa for me. Uh, explore <laughs> and just do it, right? Parang blockchain technology is something that's very new. Um, it's something that no one is really an expert in. The best way to get into it is to actually do it and test it out for yourself. From those experiences, pull from all of your previous knowledge and just go for it. If there's an idea that you want, go for it. Diba? Parang nothing should stop you from doing these things. And don't kind of like this way yourself into thinking, parang, oh, ganito na, oh, ganyan na ako, diba? Because You never know, right? If you hit like the right timing, for example, or the right people, they can actually help you scale. And I think from, from my learning, parang just talk to people, explore, just be open, right? You never know who actually helps you out and make you be a successful person. Yeah, so maraming maraming salamat, Renz, for this conversation. It's actually very fun no? um, learning about what they're doing and actually more insights about the web free space. If our listeners want to know more about you or about BreederDAO or AI skins, I know, so you can lead them to the websites, to social media channels if you have. And yeah, so feel free to share this information para sa ating mga tagapakinig. <laughs> sure, likewise. Thank you then, Johnny, no? and to everyone else. No, Actually, in general, I think... It's also, or it has been part of my mission to also share my experiences. Because 
not naman to you know force inspire people pero sometimes it becomes a source of inspiration for people din. so ayun if there's anything you know feel free to reach out to me as well my contact I mean I guess I'm a fairly open person naman I have LinkedIn Twitter social media so ayun feel free to reach out lang you might be able to work on something or if you need like advice whatever I'm open Yeah, so maraming maraming salamat. Uh, thank you, Renz, and thank you, Bader Dao. Salamat, salamat. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you very much to our 32 patrons. This episode is super powered by TechShake, Asia's most active Philippine-based startup ecosystem builder creating bridges with investors, corporations, and governments. One CFO, tech-enabled CFO, bookkeeping, and tax services for startups and SMEs. Take 5 Outdoors, the best guided outdoor adventure tour in the Philippines. They specialize in hiking and mountaineering trips. Benjoy's Food Products, the home of premium bacon ends, tapa, and tocino. D-Buds, Web3 microblogging app promoting freedom of speech and content ownership. Pinoy IP Works, capture your startup's value proposition through patent and trademark protection. Packetworks, the leading enabler and only Internet of Things social enterprise in the Philippines. Looking for buy and sell online with Zigurado sellers. And NutriCoach, the all-in-one productivity tool for dietitians and nutritionists. This episode is powered by Pareto Consulting, Altswitch, ePlayment, Tuala, and Hive Energy PH. Asklex PH Academy is our official e-learning partner. The certifications on Linux Sigma, project management, data science, and many more. Support the podcast through the links in the description.